Welcome to Who's Taylor Swift Anyway? Ew! The podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift, but probably not that much. I'm your host, Neil. And I'm Carson, another host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are your co-hosts, if you will. Um, so let's just see how this sounds. Oh, yeah. Leave that <laughs> And survey says it sounds fine. <laughs> We're coming to you live from my bedroom. Uh, can we start from the beginning again? No, I'm like keeping it in. We need to have organic flow, Neil. All right, just to keep you guys posted on what's going on in our <laughs> lives before we get into what's going on in Taylor Swift's life. So it's hot. It's summer. Um, we're in D.C. It's sweltering. Um, so we turned on the air conditioner in this room. So we wanted to see how it sounded in the background. So if you notice the sound in the background, it's the air conditioner. And we're sorry, but it's really hot. But we went, just wanted to check to see how it sounded, and it sounded like there's an air conditioner on. Neil, Neil, tell me, what's an air conditioner? So an air conditioner, so you got air. You got to condition it somehow. And I don't know how it works, but they condition it. <laughs> like I would condition my hair, one might say. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're learning all sorts of things today. Yeah. Um, but... Our last episode, we talked about Taylor Swift's controversial debut album, Taylor Swift, hey... Her eponymous album? Is that what you're going to say? I was going to say that. (laughs) It was eponymous. It was controversial. It was an album. It had her name in it. It was maybe okay. It was maybe not the greatest album, but it had some hits. had some pretty good songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we wanted to, you know, continue that story of, let's, let's try to unravel who is Taylor Swift. Um, and again, before we start, I just, I have to apologize. Um, we were really trying to get Taylor Swift on today. She was so excited to do it. You know, she's a close friend of ours, and she loves to help out when she can. Um, she but, Carson, what happened to her? She talked to you, right? Yeah, um, she did. She, she was messaging me over Hotmail, like, uh, oh, like, instant message. Classic Taylor. It's oh classic my God. Taylor. Do you want to give out her Hotmail address? I do. It's... <laughs> Taylor Swift, <laughs> blonde hair, glasses, bleachers, <laughs> 13, at Hotmail.com. So, I mean, if you just want to type that all in to Hotmail and send her a quick email, I'm sure she'd really appreciate it. Anyway, so she was messaging me over Hotmail. Does Hotmail have an IM thing? It does, right? You were the one messaging her. I know. Oh, wait, it does. Oh, it's AIM. AIM is through Hotmail. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just forget about these things sometimes. So she was messaging me through AIM, and... uh because she likes to keep up on... She's very, like, uh, as a person, she's really into old things, like vintage things, and that's one of them. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> vintage instant messengers. That's yeah. Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were talking, and um, and she, she actually let me know um, that she had to surprise her other good friend, Zayn Malik of One Direction, uh, for his... For his birthday. Oh, yeah, it is. It's he not does, his birthday it, No, today. but he does celebrate it on June 3rd. It, it, right? It's on June, it's on June 3rd. No, it's not. It's <laughs> June 13th. Yeah. Is it? Or is it June 12th? We're no, recording it's this. Than that. It's June 5th, 14th. Neil. It's June 14th. So it's not that, okay, so it wasn't today that he was celebrating his birthday. It was actually June 13th. But, like, it was such a crazy party that Taylor Swift was really, really tired afterwards. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I just can't go all the way from L.A. to D.C. to do this podcast. Plus, with, like, the time change, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, and it was, it's his half, it's not, it's his five, his, his real birthday is January 12th, as we all know. Um, but, 
he celebrates it this time of year. Um, okay, quick question. Yeah. Should we stop recording this? <laughs> like forever? <laughs> yeah, should we should we never do this again? Um, probably. <laughs> we should probably just give up now before we put anything online ever. All right, so, <laughs> so today we're going to talk about Fearless. We're going to talk about, you know, where Taylor was in her life that led her to come out with this controversial album, you know, controversy after controversy, that really mm-hmm. just he- heat up with Fearless. Right. Um, so I think when we left this story was Taylor Swift was born in Reading, Pennsylvania in 1989. <laughs> Taylor Allison Swift. Swift? <laughs> yes. She, it, it's the traditional German Swift. Which was changed later to Swift. Mm. Um, so, do you want to pick up from there, Carson? Sure. Um, so, she grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Reading, Pennsylvania. Wyoming. Wyoming. Uh, and it's about halfway between Neil and my. I'm Carson. Our. <laughs> this is Carson speaking. <laughs> Our. <laughs> we have very similar voices. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we really do. It's, it's easy to confuse us. <laughs> yeah. So, this is Neil. Yeah. So, we were talking about how it would be a great place for us to meet right, up in the middle. Right. It's about an hour each for each of us. Is that what you said? Yeah. And we should do that yeah. sometime. We really should. We like should. a spiritual road trip where we each go to our childhood homes. Drive an hour, go to Taylor's <laughs> childhood home. And then drive back to our childhood homes, and then drive back to where we are currently living. Um, yeah, sounds like a plan. Right, so so that happens, and then she moves to Nashville um, with her family, and she gets picked up. She uh, records her first album, Taylor Swift, and then she Wait, reco- is that is that her eponymous debut? It is her eponymous debut. I'm sorry. It's also very controversial. There, oh my god, the controversy surrounding that album. <laughs> I mean, people couldn't believe that she did that. Right. I, it was crazy. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I'm 20, 25 and my life came out like 12 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy thing about Taylor Swift is how controversial her music still is. <laughs> Where, like, I, yeah, listening to Taylor Swift and listening to Fearless, oh my god, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shocking. But first we need to go through the history of her life <laughs> right, up to right, this point. Right, So she was born in Wyoming, <laughs> she was born in Reading, grows up on a Christmas tree farm, about an hour from both of us. This is Neil, by the way. Um, so where were we? Moved to Nashville. Released her eponymous debut, Taylor Swift. Controversial. Controversial. And then did she go on tour and then release Fearless? Or was it just like Fearless and then a tour? Yeah, so I think after Fearless, came, or no, after her eponymous debut... That was controversial. ...had debuted, um, <laughs> she's touring constantly. Um, yeah. I think, like, so it's not, it's like a hit album, I think, you know, in small terms. It's a right. small hit. But, like, there are some big hits within the small hit. Yeah, not, I mean, they're not Love Story, which we will talk about, believe Very me. controversial. Very controversial, but... <laughs> There are some minor hits on it, you know, Picture to Burn, and mm-hmm. Our Song, and Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Um, so she's a big enough act where she is, I think, opening for, like, mm-hmm. Brad Paisley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there are a few others that she's sort of playing with at this time. Um, um, I want to say George Strait, but that may not at all be right. Did she open for Tim McGraw? Because that would be cool. That, that would be cool. I don't, I don't know if she did that. I feel like Tim McGraw should make a song about Taylor Swift. Did that happen? It didn't happen. Full circle. I know. That's why it would be cool. You love circles, don't you? I do. They're my favorite shape. That's actually not true. I don't know what my favorite shape is. Yeah, so she was an opening act. Minor triangles, by the way. 
She was an opening act for, I think, like, Rascal Flats and George Strait. I think Brad Paisley, and she'd be, you know, you know opening for them and playing her music um, and working on new material. Mm-hmm. So she had written, like, hundreds of songs, I think, as a teenager before Taylor Swift, her eponymous debut, had come out. Um, she was sort of saving and refining and making better. And then she's also on the road, and she's writing new music. Right. Um, I think one thing that I, I had read is that she wanted to focus on music that was still going to be relatable to her fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, she's on tour. She's living this, you know, on-the-road lifestyle. Just um, like Jack Kerouac. Just like Ga- Jack Kerouac. And she's thinking, like, I could write the next great beat novel. <laughs> um, but she's like, would, would my fans care about that? Would they get it? Um, and her answer was, probably not. And this is something we discussed a little bit before we started the pod. By the way, do you like saying the pod? Because I do. I like it. Okay. I don't know how I feel about revealing that we talk outside of the podcast. I kind of like... I, that we never speak. Yeah, we, we never we speak. only speak on here. Um, <laughs> to each other. Not even about Taylor Swift, but about anything. No, we, we come into the room, we press record, <laughs> we go. We start talking. Which is what we sometimes have to catch up in here. Okay, well this was a conversation that we didn't have, because we do not speak outside of the pod. Um, <laughs> we, we messaged was, on Hotmail about it earlier <laughs> today. I, I was independently thinking that um, I really appreciate that, and while it may not seem genuine to peop, some people, and I know that a lot of artists like to sing songs about like going on tour, or like being the age that they are. <laughs> Raffi likes to sing songs about banana phones. <laughs> it's true. You can't deny that. Um, I think it's really cool that Taylor Swift is still speaking from her personal experiences, but she knows that she is a female in the country music industry, which is largely male-dominated, and that her audience is primarily young girls, and she wants something that's relatable to them. And I think, I actually think that's really important, that, like, that is something that can exist for young girls, that she's not trying to diminish their feelings, I think. I think that would be, like, the, the way I would describe that. Like, she is not saying that it's dumb to be in love when you're 15, for example. Or, I mean, I just pulled that off the top of my head. I don't really know Yeah, any age. From. In love when you're 14, yeah, when yeah. you're 16. Right. But, like, like, 15, like, somehow, it just really, it spoke to me, and I don't totally know why. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a great number. One is. of my favorites. Mine, too. Wow. I would say I would rank them 15, 22, 1989. <laughs> Those are my three favorite numbers. 1,989? Yeah. Okay. I, I just call it 1989. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, 1,989. Um, uh, yeah, and I think one yeah. thing that's also true about that is that, so she'd written a lot of these songs... Like, as a kid, basically. And I think you can hear that on Taylor Swift. Yeah. And I think the core of those songs is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can hear more in this album is that, like, she's learned more about songwriting, being on right. tour with more established songwriters. Right. And that really comes through on yeah. her next album. Because even if she had originally written them when she was younger, that doesn't mean that she didn't have time to workshop them or kind of elevate them in a certain way and they're a lot more complex and I think they like a like a good wine they sound very full-bodied absolutely yeah I, yeah. I, I think would love if to drink Taylor Swift's song if there's one word I'd use to describe Fearless as an album it is full-bodied yes <laughs> and controversial 
with more an, importantly, with an oaky aftertaste of controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Not controversy, controverse. That's a term used by sommeliers. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's all true. And so one thing I'd read on Wikipedia, um, and one thing Taylor has told me in real life. Right. Um, we can, close, we back up everything dear, that she tells dear friend. us with Wikipedia. <laughs> right, because, you know, she could lie. Um, <laughs> she could. She could. She's only human. <laughs> um, is that, like, writing these songs for Fearless, which in so many of them are about, like, guys and relationships and dating, like, it had been two years since she had, like, kissed a guy or, like, really dated a guy when that album, like, when she was writing those songs. Um, and so I think it's interesting, like, she's, I mean, she's busy. She's on tour. Mm -hmm. She's not focusing on that. She's focusing on her career. Um, and I think, so the songs on this album, which we'll talk about in, more in depth in a minute, like, I think they are a little broader. They're a yeah. little more general. And that makes them really accessible. Yeah. Like, this is a really accessible album. I would agree. Um, more so than her eponymous debut. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, I think it's the, better songwriting. Yeah, where, right. like, it's I the think, same, it's in the same, like... Yeah, Speak just, Now, I would say, yeah. is like, and we will talk about Speak Now, believe me. Um, <laughs> we will get all into it. <laughs> Attack it from every angle. What if we just never talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> speak Now, more like Speak Later. <laughs> um, but Speak Now, um, just to touch on it briefly... Um, the songs are really specific, so a lot of the criticisms right. of that album are criticisms of Taylor Swift, where Fearless... Of, like, her as a person. Of her as a person. Not her songwriting. Yeah, or... where this, like, the songwriting really stands on its own. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. And that may be why she became so popular so quickly. Right. Um, you want to get into it? Let's get into it. Okay. Um, so, she's writing this album, and she's like, Do... can we... The title is Fearful Fearless, right? The full title? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, that's something that Taylor Swift disclosed to us personally. She said that it's not really floating around out there, and I mean, she could be lying. Like we said earlier, we try to check everything that she's ever said on Wikipedia, but this wasn't on Wikipedia, so this could be a flat-out fucking lie from Taylor Swift, but our some, good friend. But sometimes she edits her Wikipedia page, right. so we can't fully trust her. Right. That's true. That Well, yeah. No, I've seen her do it before, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I trust her with my life, but I can't fully trust her. To, to say that Fearful Fearless is actually the t original working title of her album. It was Taylor Swift Presents Fearful Fearless. Right. A Taylor Swift album. A Taylor Swift album, right. Um, an eponymous Taylor Swift album. Um, <laughs> Which doesn't make sense, because... <laughs> well, her name's in the title. That's true, that's true. Um, and her full name is Taylor Allison Swift Fearful Fearless. <laughs> um, so she's writing these songs and she's saying, Hey, I don't think I have fear anymore. Right. So I was fearful, but now I'm fearless. Yeah, instead. and so that that really comes through. I think the idea of being fearless really comes through on the first song titled Fearless. Right. That's a song about being fearless. I think I mean, is it though? Like I'm not really sure, but that's what it's about. Am I am I confusing this with another one? Is that the song about her mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think that's isn't it fearless the one that's about her mom and then there's like the video. She montage. had a really good day. She had a really really. She mom might say that she had the best day, <laughs> and then the best day the song is actually about her being really fearless. Does that make sense? We should probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably delete all of this. We should probably We're apologize. So sorry. We're so sorry. 
Um, really but I mean, hey, we don't. We're like Taylor Swift. We don't avoid controversy. We swear into it. And sometimes we edit our Wikipedia pages too. Yeah. So. so let's let's break it down. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So fearless. Track by track, moment by moment. Um. So the first song, fearless. Um. I think is a great song. It's a great album opener. Yeah. Um. And I think it sort of sets the tone for the album. This is more like it's not. It's not adult. It's not you know, mature the way that I think Red is. Yeah. Uh, but it's someone who is, like, now much more confident in yeah. their craft. I would say someone who's coming into their own, really. Yeah. And I think also the shred of having, like, she's 18 when this album, she's writing this album. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, um, she has a little bit more perspective. So yeah. the songs are sort of all still very much in that high school world. But she's writing it a little bit, you know, like a senior from high school who can see right. you know, the whole shape of it. She can see it. all four years of high school. Yeah, and so what matters, freshman, what doesn't. can see freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Is that what the fourth one's called? I think so. I don't know if we called it that in my high school. What did you call it? I think you're, you're a freshman, you're a sophomore, you were a junior, and then you were the king of the streets. <laughs> <laughs> She got at the same school that the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air went to. Yeah, in the last year, like, hey, King of the Streets. <laughs> you didn't do that. That's not a no, thing? No, we didn't. I wonder um, if that's a Philadelphia... I think it's a Philadelphia thing. May, hey, maybe it's a writing Pennsylvania thing. Whoa. Well, but, of course, Taylor Swift didn't go to high school in Pennsylvania. She went right. to high school. Right, so she Tennessee. wouldn't know that she would be the King of the Streets when she was but, I mean, in her she, final year Yeah, Taylor Swift was always King of the Streets, though, so I think she... That's true. She knew. That is true. Um, yeah, so Fearless is, like, a, a great song about, you know, I think being in... It's about a more adult relationship yes. that she may not have even had been in at that time. Or maybe I mean, ever. I don't know if all of these were necessarily drawing on personal experience. Yeah, and not... I mean, we are experts on Taylor Swift, but I'm not sure when the timeline of dating Joe Jonas is. Because there is... Forever and she Always dated, is about Joe Jonas, right? I don't know. But he broke up with her over the phone. I can tell you that. Yes, um... You have told me that repeatedly. <laughs> Every day. Every time we hang out, Taylor Swift tells me that Joe Jonas broke up with Taylor Swift over the phone. Some of her enemies would be, like, really happy about that. <laughs> like, because that's something that she's accused of, is, like, bringing up that Joe Jonas broke up with her over the phone, like, years later. You know, do you think that was just so she could get that, um... <laughs> sponsorship or like partnership deal with Verizon, AT and T, whatever Which phone, phone company? company. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it might be AT and T. Do you think that's why she like keeps bringing it up? So like... <laughs> He's like, hey, phones. <laughs> I just like my my ex boyfriend. He broke up with me over the phone. If only it had been a better network, <laughs> maybe like a more inclusive network that has like better better coverage and reception. Yeah. Oh, it's Verizon Wireless. Oh, uh, she did something with Verizon for Fearless. Anyway, so we are the experts on Taylor Swift, so we should get back into our music. Right, right. Um, Which we're also experts on. Right. So Fearless, great song. Fifteen is one of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, it's real good. Um, it's a winner. <laughs> yeah, no other way to describe it. Um, should we talk a little bit about like how we've experienced this album? Because for me, like, this was an album that I definitely heard... Um, when it came out. Like, right? the, not the whole thing. No, the, but, like, I heard Love Story. I definitely yeah. heard You Belong With Me. Yeah. Um, I probably had heard, you know, Hey Steven, some of the other ones on it. Oh, I don't think I heard anything but Love Story and You Belong With Me. I think, like, other, like, because people would play them. Maybe I, We talked about this in the last episode, 
that like this is an album that like people at school would play yeah and watch the music videos so you would know yeah. it even, but it wasn't something i was seeking out right um so i really only dug you know dove into it deeply in the past like you know three <laughs> or four weeks yeah um and i really enjoyed this album much more than i thought i would yeah um i would say for me what really made me enjoy the album more was the comparison between Taylor Swift's eponymous album and Taylor Swift's second album, otherwise known as Fearful Fearless. Um, no, but seriously, like, I I agree with you. Like, it, it had more of an effect on me than I was expecting it to. Um, we'll it's, get into it later. I still like Speak Now more. But it's, it's really polished, and it yeah. doesn't have, like, really weak songs in the way that I think that Speak Now does. But this isn't an episode about Speak Now. No, this is an episode about Yeah, Fearful but I, I wanted to bring this up now, because 15 right. was a song that made me, like... Right. I heard it and didn't know this song really before, and, like, oh my god, this is one of Taylor Swift's maybe, like, yeah. five, ten best songs ever. Yeah. Um, you might not know this, but I actually had a best friend named Abigail when I was 15, are so... You, are, you, are you Taylor Swift? Yeah. Didn't you know that? So all this time we've been joking about her not being on the pod... She's the host of the pod. No, no, no. My but name she's is just, a liar. My name is just Taylor Swift. Oh. Yeah, I'm not the Taylor named. Swift. It's just, I'm, so I changed my name to Carson because my name was Taylor Swift Bear. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying, my name was Taylor Swift Bear and um, it was really embarrassing after a while because people keep kept mistaking me for Taylor Swift, even yeah. though I look nothing like her. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway... So I, I was, in, when I was 15, I still hadn't changed my name. It was Taylor Swift Bear. Um, my best friend was named Abigail. And she actually also had red hair, so. That's crazy. I think that Taylor Swift wrote that song about me. Yeah, and I she, 15. I mean, she does that from, like, Hey Steven, yeah. she wrote that about Steven. So this is just the song right. that she wrote about you. <laughs> um, but 15 is really, like, it's really personal in a way that, like, yeah. obviously Taylor Swift is personal, but it's. It feels emotionally it feels revealing like really in a way in which, yeah. yeah, you don't always get that sense, even her songs that are about her. Like, her songs right. that are about her are often really about other people. I was going to just say that, yeah, I feel like they're typically about other people, less so about her. And this one is definitely, like, these were experiences I had. Like, she might not have had a friend named Abigail. I, I did have a friend, and still do. She lives near me now. No, but Taylor Swift did um, have a friend named Abigail. Oh, she did? Yeah, so she had to ask, like, she asked Abigail's permission to put out the song. Um, which is kind of like... It's weird. I mean, it There's is... There's like a weird line in there. I would not want to put that out there if I was a 15-year-old I mean, she's Abigail. got... In the liner notes for the album, like, there's a picture of Taylor and Ab Abigail. Oh, yeah. Like, I think they're still well, friends. Yeah. I, okay. Um, and I, I like, I I think, so... Um, the line you're referring to, like, and Abigail gave everything she had to yeah. a boy who changed his mind. Yeah. Is like, it's not... It's, it's not, not the that... most progressive line, but, like... I think what works about the song well, is it yeah. captures how Taylor Swift, like, how a 15-year-old feels and feels right. deeply and what matters right. to them, and it's not viewing that with any sort of judgment. No, that's true. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I actually don't so much mean on the progressive standpoint as m more of, like, when you're a 15-year-old and you, I'm assuming she lost her virginity or had sex or something, um, like... Or maybe she didn't. Maybe it was just, like, she really loved this guy and he dubbed her. I don't know. But yeah. I, I took it to mean, like, she had sex with someone for the <laughs> first time. Um, like, from a privacy standpoint, 
as a 15 year old, I would not have wanted that information to be nationally known about me, I guess. Especially, like, imagine, like, kids that went to my high school or, like... Well, but she was... She wasn't 15 at the time. She was, like, 18 or 19. That's true. So then that's, yeah, like... Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, like, that's, I think, Taylor Swift asked her. Well, sure. No, I know. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I'm not saying that Taylor Swift did anything wrong. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm surprised that someone would agree to that. Well, I guess for the rest of your life, you're in, like, a really great Taylor Swift song. That's true. Um, it is a really great one. Yeah, and I think... So there's a song called 13 by... Um, Big Star, or um, a band in the '70s. They're sort of like, like an old '70s sort of alt rock, alt okay. country before those were things. Yeah. Of, um, they're based in Memphis, um, and it's actually in an episode of Gilmore Girls, the oh, one really? where Dean and Rory sleep in. Oh, in Miss Patty's. In uh, the studio. studio. Yeah. Yeah. It's playing like at some point, and it's like it's expressing the views of a 13-year-old about, like, a girl he's dating, uh, and, like, this really sincere and beautiful and also, uh, like, a little bit embarrassing of, like... Yeah, and this um, is the same thing. It's It feels similarly. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know if those are literal references, but it's capturing sure. feelings of an age. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. It does it really well. Um, we should probably talk about the music video. It's bad. It's real bad. It's so it, stupid. Oh, it's not, like... It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's um, down there. The worst thing I've ever seen is Green Lantern. <laughs> it's the worst thing anybody's ever seen. <laughs> but it's just a missed opportunity of how good the song is and how like genuine and sincere the song is. And the, the music video is very much like the fairy princess Taylor Swift, which is appealing. Like I yeah. like that imagery and a yeah. lot of her stuff at this period. But like this song gets like real to real feelings. Yeah. And it should have been like a much more You wanted it to be realistic. a more literal song. Yeah. I'm yeah. I liked your idea that you, you had about it. Um, as well, which was, like, that Taylor Swift would be an adult, and then she would have a child actor playing her, or a younger actress playing her yeah, when she's 15. an actress that looks like her. Right. Um, when, when she's 15, and, like, Taylor, and she does that at the end of it, but that should have been, like, yeah. the whole Yeah, where she's video. viewing the action, and maybe directing right. it, and maybe right. just observing right. what she would have done differently. Right. Etc. Right. Just like, a Telephone Wire in... Fun Home, everyone's yeah. favorite musical. Hey, did James Comey see that? He did. He's very tall. He is very tall. I wanted to make a James Comey reference earlier in this episode, too, and I kind of missed the mark there. I'm glad you came back to that, Yeah. because I was like, we haven't talked about James Comey nearly enough. We live in D.C., we're only a week removed from the testimony. Yeah. And then there was the Sessions testimony, too. But the Sessions Sessions, as they say. Oh, man. I don't really care about that one as much. Because he just, like, was really boring. <laughs> um, okay. James Comey is very tall. You know yeah. what else is pretty tall? Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say Conan. Because uh, he is very tall. He has red hair. He hosts a talk show. Just like Abigail. <laughs> Taylor Swift is very tall. Yeah. Probably Abigail's not as tall as Taylor, Taylor Swift. Allison Swift. Yeah. What's Imagine the Allison that. stand for? <laughs> the A is for a very tall lady. L is for lady. <laughs> a very tall lady lady. Uh, and there's only one L, so the I is for is very tall. <laughs> the S is for so tall. <laughs> the O stands for... Oh, look up. It's Taylor Swift. She's quite tall. And the N... <laughs> it's for never getting back together. 
so it's a very tall lady. Lady is so tall, so tall. Oh, look up. It's Taylor Swift. She's, a tall, very, tall. she's very tall. Never getting that together. Yeah, yeah. it's weird that her parents gave her a middle name that was that such was a specific acronym. It was, yeah. But, like, but it makes sense because they knew when she was born that she was going to be very, very tall and that she was going to sing the hit single, Never Getting Bad Together. Yeah, I mean, her parents. Yeah, they knew all of that. They went to a fortune teller before she was born, <laughs> actually. And this is a personal anecdote from our very good friend Taylor Swift, but they, uh, they went to a fortune teller. Um, before Taylor Swift was born, and she told, she said that, and she also said that that should be her middle name. I'm not going to repeat it again because it it was quite a mouthful. Yeah, we so. well, we just call her Allison. Yeah, it, Al it's for easier. Sure. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Al Swift. Why no, Taylor. Like you're shortening Taylor too. Tail, I don't. I never shorten tail Taylor. Al Swift. Not Tay. I don't shorten Taylor. Tail. I go to Taylor when I need my pants shortened. <laughs> Uh, we should talk about this album, Fearless. Um, so, 15, great song. Love Story. One of the best. Love Story. So, this is a controversial song. A lot of people don't like it because they, frankly, they give Taylor shit for misrepresenting or not understanding what Romeo and Juliet is about um, as I a thought teen. it was because she misrepresented what the 1970 movie <laughs> Love Story was about. No, correct me if I'm wrong, but... <laughs> Love means never having to say you're sorry. No, that's not right. That's not what love means. I think Taylor Swift takes that approach. Yeah. She bent the rules for Back to December, which we will get to. We will get to it. We promise. We get, we'll get into it. Alright, All right, so love story. So people didn't like that she misrepresented it, um, supposedly. But I actually, I mean, you and I are Shakespeare fans. We're fans of him, probably. We've been to a couple of his concerts before. <laughs> yeah Shakespeare he's really good I think I like his I don't like his early stuff but I respect it a lot and then his mid period is really good and the then, later like, stuff it, 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 later stuff it, it gets very commercial yeah like by the time he's doing like um, King Lear it's like alright we get it yeah you we can just it. see the money like yeah. You know, that's what you're doing. Oh, for. you're going to you're going to fuck even, with King Lear like how original. Yeah, is this even art anymore? No, it's not. Um yeah, so I mean I I, I guess we've fallen off the bandwagon with Shakespeare a little bit, but you know, maybe maybe he'll release something soon and we'll I get mean, back into it. You have to respect him. But like and like I think it's so cool that he's still putting out new stuff. <laughs> But, like, his his early stuff is better. Like, I, you, that's such a cliche. I, but it's true. It's really true. Much like Taylor Swift, her early stuff is better. <laughs> I think that is the opposite conclusion that we've come to. What? <laughs> we haven't come to any conclusions. No, we're just getting started out. We haven't Taylor listened Swift. to our next albums yet. We have no idea whether they're good or not. <laughs> just like a new TV show. All right. Um, so, okay, people don't understand. And we are fans of Shakespeare, and we both have pretty strong opinions on Romeo and Juliet, I think, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, like, I think we both, maybe I'm speaking for you, Neil, but I feel that we both think that that play is a love story and baby should just say yes. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what light from yonder window breaks, it's a love story. Baby, just say yes. And that's what I say that all the time. Me too. It's one of my favorite quotes. No, no, but we view it we, like the political and like literary implications are there, and like I took a class on it, and yeah, I get it. Like Petrarch, whatever, sonnets. Yes. And I took a class on Taylor Swift's love story, 
And do they say the same thing about, like, oh, it's about the lyricism, and, like, oh, she was, like, really trying to fuck over this other uh, poet who was super so, enamored all the time, and she was like, no, I'm going to do so wordplay. that we didn't actually really get into that, oh, so it's okay, sort of, okay. it's, you, the last class, you listen to Taylor Swift's love story, uh-huh. and then everything up to that, you're listening to the whole history of recorded music <laughs> to give you context for a love story. So it's like, I listen to, you know, you know, recorded music starting, you know, in the early 1900s, really. Like, I listen to so much music. Um, but then when you listen to Love Story, you're like, oh my god, everything was building to this. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And, everything and it really, was. Yeah, it was. everything was building to that. But, but And I'm surprised she continued. Something that Taylor... I'm surprised music <laughs> continued. After that? Yeah, well, I mean, who could top Taylor Swift but Taylor Swift, really? Oh. oh. Um, but, so she... During her most recent tour for 1989, uh, she sort of rehashed Love Story, and she redid it in this, like, synth, non-acoustic way that kind of fit more with the 1989 vibe, but I think there are two really cool things about it. First of all, that uh, unlike a lot of artists who try to get rid of their er- earlier music, or try to pretend that it doesn't exist, or, like, they hate it and they don't want to play it, even though that's what made them so popular in the first place, I feel that by reworking it into this new style, she was actually just really embracing the song, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, once, I've heard, so this is an actual anecdote of Taylor Swift, of someone who, another of her friends, Sure. not us, who has actually talked to her, is that apparently she tells people this is her favorite song, because, or at least she did in 2012, um, because of how many guys proposed during the song at her shows. Oh my god. Which is such a Taylor Swift thing. That's awesome. Well, the other thing that she said, um, and she made this little speech before she performed that song during one of her concerts, was that she was like, I was just a young girl who didn't like the ending of Romeo and Juliet, and I just wanted to change it, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that in, like, she didn't say, like, a literary canon, but I kind of feel like that's what she meant. Like, she's like, you can change the way that things are written to reflect what you want out of it or like what you find interesting in it and I think that is what she did so she is very well aware that it doesn't fit in with canon but she doesn't care because this is the story that she's telling and she's going to take like some of the ideas from love story or some sorry some of the ideas from Romeo and Juliet and like apply that to love story and I I think that's what makes me, like, really love the song. When I didn't love it initially, when I heard it as a kid, because I had the same criticism as everyone else, that it was stupid. Yeah, and I think, like, it is it is more, like, bubblegum. Yeah. Like, uh, but I think, in the context of the album, it fits mm-hmm. in a lot better, because the yeah. rest of it, like, like, 15 is not bubblegum. Like, right. even You Belong With Me, it is. And, and like, so, <clears throat> there's a sort of sweetness to it. Yeah. Like, there is, like, a, some earnestness to it that but I think you really like. I think that also Romeo and Juliet has a sense of earnestness in it. Even yeah, absolutely. It's a like, I'm a big fan of Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um. <laughs> I was thinking when I watched the music video today, what if I directed a version of Romeo and Juliet that was based on the Taylor Swift music video? I love and it. every time there was, like, a, like, intro-outro, this, like, part of a song played. And then when they kill each other, or kill each other, kill themselves, then, like, the final chorus goes up with a key change, and it's, like, really happy and stuff. But then they come back up to life, and they kiss, and they're in love. Just like Taylor Swift would have wanted. They're hopeless romantic. Yeah. Should we, should we move on? I guess so. I really like so, Hey, Steven is the song <laughs> she wrote about Steven Seagal. 
thought it was Steve McQueen. He doesn't spell it with a PH. So no, so she 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 had gone on. um, (laughs) Thought it was Lightning McQueen. She had gone on the Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert and was like, "This guy, he is good. He is sharp. (laughs) His political commentary on point. Very incisive. Yeah, very funny. Um, I'm gonna write a song about him." So she wrote, "Hey Stephen." And I don't think we need to say anything more about this because this is a very accurate representation. Of yeah, it. I think it's good. I will like to add that I really love this song and yeah. it's one of my favorites from the album. But other yeah, than that, and we I don't need to... I wasn't expecting to because in Taylor Swift, yeah. her eponymous debut, like she has, she uh, what's the song where she talks about Drew? Yeah. Uh, Teardrops on My Guitar. Yeah, yeah. And the other one she talks about Corey. Of like, these names are way too specific mm-hmm. and I don't like it. But Stevens, as we like mentioned, there's so many Stevens. Yeah. It's not that Seagal, specific of a name. Colbert. McQueen. McQueen. Great Stevens. Yeah, so this song, I like it a lot. Uh, White Horse. Um, so this song well, is called White Horse. Yeah, so there's like a little bit of uh, vitriol in one of the lines, and we found that this is something that Taylor does at various points in all of her albums, where she sort of breaks the fourth wall and is speaking like directly... To yeah, the she that sort she's of breaks out the cadence of her lyrics yeah. and like the sort of the rhyme um, structure, even like. Yeah, what's the what's the line? It would have been great if we had remembered. I know. <laughs> um, but just look out for that the next time. It's you like near to the it. end of the song. You'll hear it. Then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, White Horse is good, and this is like it's. I think we we'd also watch the music video for this, yeah. and it's like, um, I feel like her step into better music videos. Not, I mean, you belong with me. It's the, like, her best. It's the best. Um, but, like, it's there's definitely a higher quality here than the first album, and they're mm-hmm. more fun. Um, do you have any strong opinions about White Horse? Um, What's your favorite color of horse? Oh, shoot. Like, it starts with a P. I don't think it's a color. I think it's, like, a type. Purple. No, like, pal- Palomino? Palomino. Yeah. Palomino's rule. Aren't they, like, spotted or something? I think so. What's your favorite color of horse? Palomino. She's <laughs> <laughs> copying me. <laughs> do you think Taylor Swift should have wrote the song as Palomino Horse? Or should write a follow-up at some point? She should. She should write a follow-up. I think it was fine as White Horse, but now that she's really evolved her songwriting skills, I think she could find a lot more words that rhyme with Palomino than white. Palomino. Alamino. <laughs> Aluminiumino. Palomino? No, Palomino's the same one. Amy Sherman Palladino. Whoa. Hey, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Hit me up. Shout out <laughs> Carol King. <laughs> Why not shout out Amy Sherman Palladino? You already did. Okay. Oh, uh, what about shout out Dan Palladino? No. Oh, okay. I, you know how I feel about Dan Palladino. I refuse to discuss him on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the next song, White Horse, it's good. Like, I think... Like, something that's true of most of her albums, or really, like, this Fearless Red Speak Now, mm-hmm. is that, like, they are really front-loaded, and yeah. I feel like there's a pattern these albums fall into, of, like, yeah. the first six or seven songs are fantastic, and then some of the songs feel repetitive, and, right. like, I've already they heard blend this. Together. What are the three ones that we thought blended together? It's the ones uh, after, so Breathe, Tell Me Why. And You're Not Sorry, yeah. and The Way I Loved You. But You Belong With Me is... Right. Like, really good. Obviously. It's, I think, one of her best songs. And, like, mm-hmm. I know we've talked a lot privately, um, even though we're loath to admit it on this podcast, <laughs> about, uh, 
like the the criticisms of it of yeah. being like you know the negativity towards this other girl. But if you watch the music video, as Carson loves to point out, Taylor Swift is both the blonde haired girl and the brown haired girl. <laughs> What's she saying? Is she saying that both of those people are inside of her? The duality of man. Yeah, or the duality of woman, <laughs> if you will. I will. Okay. <laughs> no, but I don't know. I That's probably not meaningful, but I'm just going to pretend that it is because it's cool. And it's just really interesting that she plays both characters. Like, she could have gotten another... I'm sure that... I'm. She's definitely... Wait. She ever have there has there ever been another girl? Like has there ever been an adversarial girl in any of her music? Oh, Bad Blood, that's different. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, a bad well, I'm just gonna to put ask. I'm just gonna put like a little bookmark in that and pull it back out some other time. Hey. But um, but she plays both characters, and I think that is important that she like. She, is a girl that wears, high heels and is also on the bleachers and she's a cheer captain and she's she a, wears sneakers and t-shirts and it's like you can those are be like the a lot of the songs but just rearranged in <laughs> yeah, different um, i'm glad you picked up on that it yeah. was really tricky and but. it's like i think this is what we we're talking about earlier of like this is a really general song that like everyone can relate to it like i can relate to it you can relate to it right i'm sure like everyone has felt of like the you belong with me feeling right which is like at its core, like, somewhat a petty, small feeling to think that way. But it doesn't feel small sometimes. Yeah, and certainly when you're 15, right? Um, and someone tells you they love you, <laughs> you're going to believe, believe it. it's true. Um, like, there is a valid... You, you want that feeling validated when you're 15. Right. You don't want to say, like, hey, that's not important. You're going to realize it's not important. You or want someone to say, hey, even I like, get it. Like, I understand, like, being like, wanting to tell a 15-year-old, like, yeah, like... It's not nice to hate on that girl, but, like, that girl, like, the person that you're telling this to has a romantic interest that is very central in their life right now, and they feel like life's not being fair to them, and that's okay. It's okay for young girls and young people in general to sometimes feel that way, even if it's, um, if, 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 if it seems trivial as an adult, and I think it's good that she... She's not, like, encouraging this feeling. She's just saying, like, yeah, like, I felt like that before. Like, I felt like someone... I've, I, I felt like someone was so right for me, and they were just with the wrong person, and I really just wanted them to be with me. Like, that's pretty much all that song is about, and that's not... Yeah, it's, it's you belong with me. That's what the song's about. Right, you belong with me. And what's really fucking stupid is, like, there are songs on all of her albums that are, like, a million times more questionable, mostly better than Revenge, um, yeah, I mean, they're just songs in general that are much more questionable than this, and music yeah. videos that are much more, like, mean-spirited. Yeah. Um, like, there's a, this song is mostly playful. Yeah, it um, is. And it's I, sweet. And I know? think it's for people to, like, get on their high horse, their high white horse, the if you will. Horse, their high Palomino it, horse. <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like it's a... Like, I don't know. We've all felt this way. It's not... Like, Taylor Swift is not a terrible person for writing this song. No. Also that she's not writing it from, like, a first-person point of view, literally. Right. Like, she's not saying, this happened to me. Right. Like, there's this guy. Like, it's not, you know, like, 15. It's, it's not like, yeah, it's not like 15. It's not like Dear John. It's yeah. like It's like a general song that is clearly meant more to inspire other young girls to feel, like, confident in themselves. And that's good. 
I think it's overall good. Alright, so if this if this were a record, if this were all a piece of vinyl, uh-huh. you know what we'd do now? We would push and we'd we'd lift flip up the, it over. We'd flip it over. Side two. Um, so we got Breathe, Tell Me Why, You're Not Sorry, The Way I Loved You, Forever and Always, The Best Day, Change. Okay, so up those... Yeah, so here, you know, we like to like go track by sentence. track here. <laughs> and by going track by track, we're going to say, I would, I would talk about Forever and Always and Change because I do not care about the other ones. I'm going to talk about The Best Day. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about, about Best Day. Ones. Yeah, so I feel like this is a thing our albums have where they... And I think this is just, like, part of her being a little bit younger and not all of the material is there. Yeah. Of, like... And I think, I mean, she, even like, really It literally great, is there. Like, yeah, she has a lot of material. Even but. great bands and, like, great songwriters have albums where it's, like, yeah. uh, you got a couple of songs that feel repetitive. It's and a like, bit of a dud. Yeah, so, like, these fit in with it. Like, Tell Me Why, Breathe, You're Not Sorry. Um, but I, they just don't make much of an impression on me. Yeah. And I think w- an improvement in our in our later albums is that even some of the filler is better songs. Right. And there's oh. just less songs in general. Yeah, like, 13 songs is a lot, and this album was 53 minutes long. Like, I think, like, if she had cut Tell Me Why and I Think The Way I Loved You, yeah. like, you're at a better position time-wise in yeah. 11 songs. I mean, maybe then we would have the emotional energy to focus on Breathe and You're Not Sorry. Yeah, and 11 songs is a great length for an album. Like, 1989, um, 1989, that's, oh, that's also 13 songs. Well, it's just a better album. Yeah, it's a better album. So it's hard. Yeah. But Red has, like, a lot. I Red know. has too many songs. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway. So I guess also maybe it has to do with, like, time management and, like, what types of sounds you're putting where. Yeah, I remember 18, I was still learning about time management. Of, <laughs> like, all right, I've got all these assignments. I'm starting college. <laughs> um, yeah, you figure it out. So Forever and Always, I think, is a song she wrote, like, right at the end of recording the album. I think it was about Joe Jonas. It's one of her, like, classic Rain songs of it's, like raining in the bedroom, it's raining everywhere, she mm-hmm. loves rain, and I think it's just, like, a really good song, yeah. it's still, yeah. like, like, the the music on this album is still very country-rooted, but in a very pop sense, Yeah, and it's, I think, a really good melding of the two, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just, like, a very well-written song, it's okay. fun. Um, the Best Day is about her mom, it has a pretty cute music video, although one fun fact that you may mention, I understand that home videos, you're not necessarily going to focus, like, that much on the mom, but I would say that musical, or musical, music video is 70% just Taylor Swift, and 30% Taylor Swift plus Taylor Swift's mom, and there's no just Taylor Swift's mom, but it's supposed to be a song about her mom, which is funny, because it kind of plays into some of the stereotypes about Taylor Swift. As much as I love her, and as much as she is a close personal friend, and would be mortified that I a close personal friend, would say this out loud. I, I do feel that it plays into the stereotype that she's, like, really self-serving and, like, does things for vanity reasons and, like, doesn't actually care. Yeah. And she just, like, more cares about herself. But really what it is, it's just, like, you don't take home videos of your parents. They I take home like, videos of you yeah, as a baby. I feel like that song plays into the stereotype that Taylor Swift had the best day with her mom when she was a kid. That vicious stereotype. That's a pretty rough one. Well, that's why this album is so controversial. Yeah, very controversial. Because of the song The Best Day. So then the last song in the album is Change, which I find to be a little bit... One of her weaker songs overall, and Mm. just, like... I find it to be a little bit of embarrassing of... She's talking about, like, growing up and, like, you know, coming of age and change in that sense, but using words about, like, it's a revolution... Mm. 
in ways that I just feel like if you wrote out the lyrics of the song and like you could transport it to like <laughs> like, like Leninist like Russia yeah. and not lose that much, I think that's a red flag. <laughs> um, See, I I agree. I disagree slightly. Like it is a little bit embarrassing, but I think that a lot of teens. Similar to some of the other songs in this album, I think a lot of teens do feel like it's a revolution. That just, like, them existing and being teens and learning new things every day is like, whoa, like, I must be so new and innovative. Like, I certainly thought that as a teen. I was very big-headed and thought that I was, like, really cool. Yeah, you thought you were a visionary. You thought you were a revolutionary. I did. I I tried to start... Um, a revolution similar to the French Revolution in my hometown of York, Pennsylvania. Um, it didn't go well, so you know, I thought I was a literal revolutionary. If that's not clear, it's clear. Okay. Right, so, so Taylor Swift, she gets these thirteen songs together. She's feeling good about them. She puts them out. When does she put out the album? November eleventh, two thousand eight. Now, this is significant because this is eight days. After my 16th birthday. And um, also... Also, seven days after the 2008 presidential election. So I think what, like, what's coursing through the veins of this album is that hope and change that people were feeling of, like, hey, Obama's president, we need, you know, he's just elected, we need an album to fit that aesthetic, and Taylor Swift, she yep. comes into that void. She's 18, and she's I old think, enough to vote, she yeah, hasn't voted she, in that election. Yeah, she, I, I don't know who she voted for, um... Tennessee voted for John McCain, but um, but, Obama won. But she's very private about her voting habits, understandably. Right, So, and I think it's interesting because Taylor Swift is one of the artists most identified with the Obama presidency. Right. Undeniably so. If there's an artist that's like, wow, they really remind me of the Obama presidency, it would be Taylor Swift. This album really became an anthem for (laughs) trying to pass the Affordable Care Act. Um, and that's probably, change is probably part of that, you know, yeah. the, the hope and change thing. Right. Um, how do we feel about the album cover? And the title as well. Fearless is great. Well, Fearful Fearless is great. Fearless yeah. alone, like, I, it's okay. I generally prefer albums that are not named, don't share a name of a title song. Like That's they, like all of her albums. 1989. Except for 1989. And, and her eponymous debut. debut. Yeah, I, don't, I just like that a little bit more. I think Fearless is a good name for an album, and it's a good name I for this album. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I think that her hair, like, going in every which direction, like, I'm like, yeah, that looks like a girl who's fearless. That yeah. looks like a girl who's not afraid to toss her hair in the wind, maybe. Yeah, it's a big step up, and she's still using the cursive, which I think works right. here. I think that well, aesthetic still, still very, works. It's still very young. But she's took out, like, the butterflies. Yeah. It's a little bit more, it's a natural progression. Yeah. I think, and not to spoil things, I think every album cover gets better for her. Oh, really? I thought you didn't like the Speak Now one. I think it's better than this, and I think it's still good. Okay. I like it more the more I've explored Speak Now, but we'll get to that in our Speak Now episode. Which will be coming to you at some unknown time. Yes. In the future. (laughs) Or in the past. If you listen to this episode out of order, and you listen to this one... Yeah. Second? After the Speak yeah. Now episode, yeah. this will be coming. To, that one will be coming to you in the past. I mean, and I would suggest doing that because this is really an Art Nouveau um, avant-garde project. So we, we really encourage you to think outside the box, just like yeah. Taylor Swift does. Absolutely. All right. All right. I think that's a great note to end on. Yeah. Did we work out a closing line? No. Should we do that now? No. Off the cuff? No. What's like a good Taylor Swift lyric? I don't want to. <laughs> All right. So this has been Who's Taylor Swift Anyway? Ew.
1989. <laughs>